G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. Jesus said, If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. As you know, the Bible we read is in two parts. We call those parts Old Testament and New Testament. It would probably be more correct to say Old Covenant and New Covenant. God is a God of covenant. And a covenant is an arrangement between two parties which establishes the basis upon which they're going to have a relationship. So the question is, what is the covenant that God has made with us? This is Set Free with Ken Legg. And welcome to Set Free with Ken Legg. And Phil Edwards is my name, and today we're talking through the issue of covenant. Ken, it's something that we're all familiar with, agreements that we make with each other. Yeah, well, that's what a covenant is. It's an agreement between two parties, and that establishes the basis of their relationship. And it is one of those kind of religious words you hear bandied around, covenant, but there's so much in that. That's what we want to explore today. And this is an area you've been looking at in detail because you've just uh, released a a new book. You're always writing on things that you're passionate about, and I know small groups is is one of those things, Uh, The Council of the Godly, This is the Life, What's Eating You, some of the books that that you've written to really help people to to break free, to be set free. That's what your ministry is all about. So what is it that makes this subject, The Covenant, something that that you're passionate about? Right, well, God relates to us, as we said, on the basis of covenant, Uh, The problem is that a lot of people are trying to relate to him on the basis of a covenant that is now obsolete. Uh, And that's why they struggle in their Christian life, because, uh, you know, that covenant has passed away. A new covenant has come in. And, of course, then you've got the situation where some people have one foot in one covenant and one foot in another covenant, and they don't really quite know how to relate to God. What what do you mean by that? Well, you know, we we have the old covenant, which is a law-based covenant. So the whole basis of that covenant is that God would bless his people on the basis of their obedience. So if they didn't follow through in fulfilling their part of the covenant, then uh, it became even a curse to them. Mm. Now, that didn't work, and that's why we needed a new covenant. If if that if that's kind of arrangement worked, we wouldn't have needed a new covenant, but uh, it didn't work. And so Jesus came as the mediator of the new covenant and the covenant is in the strength of his obedience, not in the strength of our obedience. This is a big issue I know many believers wrestle with, and I know I've wrestled with it myself. The, the, you hear that phrase that we're no longer under the law, we're under grace. Does that mean that the Ten Commandments are now null and void? We don't worry about them anymore? Or when you look at it to say, well, actually, these are God's standards. These are the things that he's passionate about. Therefore, yes, they are still uh, valid and it's law, but we're under grace. And how does it all work? You know, it's it's a big issue. Yeah, of course. You know, a, a lot of people do have them the misunderstanding that uh, the new covenant basically cancels out the Ten Commandments and uh, the moral standards of God, and that's not that's not the case. In fact, to be honest, the, the the standard under the new covenant is much higher 
than it is under the old covenant. Uh, but the difference is this, that under the old covenant, uh, we were on our own. We had to do it all in our strength, and that's why it ended in failure. Um, and Can so, you just say that again? I think yeah. that, that's a real key. Yeah. Well, under the old covenant, you know, in fact, Paul uses the analogy of being married to the law. That was our situation. We were married to the law, but it was a sterile marriage, not because there was anything wrong with the law. You know, we're not in any way denouncing the law or putting the law down. Neither is Paul. Uh, but it just wasn't a good marriage. It was a sterile marriage. And uh, we came to, you know, the law really was designed to bring us to the end of ourselves so mm. that we can see that we can't do it on our own. Mm. Uh, and now, you know, we've died to our relationship with the law. We've been buried with Christ. We've been raised a new creation. And now we're married to him, Paul says in Romans 7. And uh, the purpose of that union is that we might be fruitful. It's just a wonderful picture, isn't it? But you're not saying here, and I've heard some people say this, that the Old Testament, you know, we don't need to bother with that anymore. It's irrelevant. That's not what you're saying. Not at all, no. I mean, in fact, when you think about it, the Old Testament was actually the only Bible that the early church had for Mm. uh, a few decades, in fact, until the New Testament was completed. Um, So they had the Old Testament, but... Having the scriptures is one thing, and even knowing them is one thing, uh, but knowing what they mean and what their message is is another thing altogether. You see, the Pharisees had the Old Testament, and they were the best Bible students of that time. They, they knew it inside out. They could quote you know, whole chapters. Not that there were chapters in those days, but they, they could quote whole chunks of the Bible. Mm, but their heart but, wasn't necessarily in it, was it? Well, not only that, they, they didn't understand its meaning. You know, like Jesus said to them, you search the scriptures which they did, and in them you think you have life, but these are they which testify of me. But you haven't come to me that you might have life. So so they never understood the message of mm. the Bible. You know, we, we see sometimes the cults walking up our drive and they've got big Bibles under their arms. They're very sincere. They're very sincere, but they're sincerely wrong. They know what the Bible says, but they don't know what it means. And, and it's knowing the message of the Bible that's that's important. And Rather than going through the motions. Absolutely. Yeah. Now, of course, um, you know, God has one message for us. Uh, the, the supreme message of the Bible is uh, salvation in his son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, you'll find that in the Old Testament. It's, it's there in prophecy. It's there in type. It's there in picture. It's there in shadow and illustrations. Uh, in fact, I like the old saying, the new is in the old concealed. Mm. Now, Chuck Missler talks about that often. Oh, does he? Yeah, he, he, he talks about how you know, Jesus... Really is is concealed in the Old Testament, revealed yeah. in the New, in the New Testament. And, and when yeah. you look at it from that perspective, particularly when you read the Old Testament, it comes to life. You can just see, look, oh, there he is, there he is, there he is. <laughs> well, when you see Jesus as the key for understanding the Scripture, it, it as you say, it all comes alive because mm. every every um, event in the Old Testament illustrates a New Testament doctrine. Or let me put that the other way around: every New Testament doctrine is illustrated somewhere in the Old Testament by one of its um, stories or or uh, pictures or shadows, you know. And that would be why the Old Testament is longer than the New Testament, I, I Absolutely. guess. Absolutely, yeah. Um, you know, you need uh, more pages to draw pictures than you do to write <laughs> words. And so I think the, the Old Testament is about 75 to 80% of the Bible. Mm. Um, but, of course, what it's doing is it's illustrating those wonderful pictures of Jesus that we see in the New Testament. Let's talk about the Jews, though. I mean, the first Christians were Jewish. They must have found it pretty difficult to switch from this old covenant mentality, the very much the rules doing it this particular way because that's what God said we need to do, to the new covenant covenant mentality. Would they have experienced some problems, do you think, making that transition? 
I think that's very evident that they did, uh, Phil. In fact, you read the Acts of the Apostle and you see that transition that they made. Um, for example, you know, Peter was sent to share the gospel with Cornelius, the first Gentile convert, mm. and he needed uh, a vision from heaven to just to say, it's okay, you know, what, what, what I've cleansed, don't call that unclean. You know, it's a, th- that distinction that was under the old covenant is not going to be there now under the new covenant. And then, of course, you know, you had Paul going off and uh, preaching the great gospel of grace, but then on his heels were Judaizers that said, okay, you Gentile Christians, it's great that you've accepted Jesus, but now you've got to keep the law. And uh, if that had gone unchallenged, we would have been, we wouldn't have had the church today. It would have been basically just a modified form of Judaism. Mm. But uh, we have the Council of Jerusalem where all the big leaders and uh, uh, the elders of the churches came together to resolve this issue and to clear it up once and for all. It's a, it's a new covenant. It's a new way of relating to God, not on the basis of law-keeping, but on the basis of, of God's grace to us, you know. It's still a hard thing to get your head around, though. It is, even, it is. Even here and now. You know, it's, it's, and I think, look, a lot of us have been brought up with a legalistic mindset. So we, we also, to some extent, have to make that transition from old covenant thinking into new covenant reality. Okay, well, let's just quickly wrap this up uh, with a bit of a summary on what you've said here today. The, certainly a covenant is an agreement between two parties, and that's, this is an agreement between God and us, ultimately. Yeah, well, actually, uh, you know, to be technical about it, God never made an agreement with us. He made an agreement with his son, Jesus Christ. The covenant yeah. is between the father and the son. And we just happened to be in Christ when we got saved. We were baptized into him. We're the beneficiaries. So we're the beneficiaries. That's where we must leave it for today. But join us tomorrow as we continue our look at the new covenant. Until then, remember, you don't have to carry that baggage. God wants you to be set free. For books, DVDs, small group studies and other resources from Ken Legg, including the book New Covenant, New Glory, which features topics from today's message, visit the Vision Christian store at vision.org.au. That's vision.org.au. This program is a production of Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, see vision.org.au.